Hey now. Hey now. I should have let Nick intro this episode again. I liked it when you did it last time, but I we didn't talk about it. So I guess I'm doing it. Nick, what the hell is going on? Not much, man. Um, I, I, I embarked on the doctor sleep journey again last night. I said to my wife, I said, I really want to watch doctor sleep again. And she said, well, it's been like a year since we watched it. She's like, okay. Cause she loves it too. So we watched that three hour director's cut, man. What a, what a movie. I've never taken the director's mm-hmm. cut plunge. I've, I've just watched the theatrical, you know, I didn't see it in theaters. I just bought it on a 4k and just watched the theatrical cut, which I, I liked. I like the villain woman a lot you know director's cut is it's definitely better it's uh, an extra half hour and you get more stuff with rose the villain you get more stuff with kid danny adult danny in the overlook uh you know the red bathroom from the shining right right that wasn't in the theatrical doctor sleep but there's a scene in the director's cut where danny as an adult is in the red bathroom again and they like recreated it and it's just it's so awesome i mean i i I feel like the only reason they cut it down was because it was already two and a half hours um but yeah that director's cut is just oh money nice i'll have to yeah one of these days man i liked doctor sleep i like i know you love that movie i liked it i uh I liked it. I know one of the problems a lot of people had with that movie when it came out was they did not like the fact that the girl was like super powerful right from the start and she didn't like have like a growing pain you know thing with her shining abilities. Uh that was a big gripe I heard. I mean, what do you think about that? Ah uh- I don't put any weight into that because if we remember correctly, Danny was also incredibly powerful as a child. Um, He just didn't know how to use it yet. And um, with Abra, you see it develop over a span of eight years. The movie jumps throughout eight years. She's a little girl like messing with stuff. And then by the time you get her as a teenager, she doesn't truly know what it is, but she's used it enough to kind of know how plus throughout the whole movie anytime she you know astral projects or or whatever it may be there's growing pains there it's not perfect at all so i feel like that was just people reading too much into it i mean it's very true to the novel um so if people you know if you had an issue with the source material well i guess take that up with stephen king um because i've heard the novel isn't very good but um the movie was a lot better because Mike Flanagan did take a lot of liberties with that movie. And one of them being bringing the overlook back. Cause if anybody remembers it burned down and in the, uh, in King's book in the shining and Kubrick changed that. And King was pissed for decades and is still pissed that uh, he changed his ending. <laughs> so, yeah. So he was very happy um, that Flanagan wanted to bring it back. He was against it initially. No, don't bring it. Do not go back to the overlook. And Flanagan was like, well, we're going to burn it down like you did in the shining. And he was like, you crazy son of a bitch. I'm in. And, and that, so he got his ending, you know, 30 or almost 40 years later, but he got his ending. So I just, I love the movie. I feel like it plays so well as a story by itself without even having to dive really into the shining stuff. And you don't really get into a lot of that deep stuff until the third act of the movie. And by then you're already invested in these characters and stuff. So you're like, 
well, I like these characters and I like this story. Oh, and we're going back to the Overlook? Like, cool. Okay. It didn't feel like it was cheap. Like, oh, you got to take us to the Overlook because no one cares about this movie. No, it felt like it added to it. So, love the and, movie. And does the director's cut kind of tell more of that ups and downs with the girl, the, the young the girl who's the shiner, so to speak. You, you see, yeah, you see more of her um, as she's growing. Uh, but the coolest thing that it shows, uh, in my opinion, is more flashbacks um, in the Overlook. There's even just like establishing shots of like hallways of the Overlook or rooms right. or whatever. And the way it's really cool, too, because he makes it a book in the director's cut. So it says like, it'll ha start the show of a scene. And it'll say chapter one, old ghosts, like across the screen. And like each chapter of the movie, it'll say chapter two and then have a title for it as a scene is playing out. So it, it actually plays a lot more like a book. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I just, I don't know. There, there's something to be said about that scene when they recreate, the opening of the shining near the third act of this movie. And, and my wife was talking about it last night when it came up again, uh, they're going up the hill and you've got the shot going over the lake that goes up the mountain and the car's driving. And you just get the bah, bah, bah. And I just remember, Oh, I saw that when I saw that in theaters and I heard that in that surround sound, I like, I got chills, man. I was like, dude, let's go back to the overlook. Like let's, mm. let's do it. So, yeah, I mean, that's really all I've been up to. I didn't do much today. Worked, took care of my kid. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I watched I watched Reason Free, which you got, you were just on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Yeah, so let me just tell people what's going on with this episode before we just get rolling. So I told Nick, let's just have an episode where we just start talking. And I think that would be interesting to the viewers. The only thing that we have semi-scheduled is i just told people in our community tabs hey if you got questions for us we'll answer them so we'll, we'll go through some questions later in the show uh i've got one thing to bring up right off the top and it's a behind the scenes thing but i figured some people might be interested in this so um one of the thing i love about our podcast is our branding i think we have a great name for the show that you need a horror podcast and i would never dare change it but as the show grows and we start to produce merchandise and I want to get stickers out there and go to conventions and, and hand them out to people and things like that. And, and basically start to make some, a little bit of money off the show. I want to make sure things are done properly and done right. So that image in our background for this episode, I have it here. It's tar man. That image is from an artist and I don't want to start putting that image on merchandise from this point on and selling it, even though I mark that, that merchandise down to nothing. And I make maybe two cents if that on a sale, because I just want people to be able to own the merchandise from Teespring. I don't feel right doing that. So I'm going to rebrand the imagery of the podcast's logo a little bit. And I had my wife who's pretty artistic to reshape it now this is just a mock-up for now but i'm going to show the audience right now this is uh i'm gonna I mean, that's the background let me show people uh let me get an overlay all right let me add this so basically what i want to do if you guys are aware with the logo it's the you need a horror podcast and then it has um tar man in there eating a brain 
but I wanted to keep whatever I changed in there return to live a dead related. So I had my wife create this and this is just a mock-up for now. But what you're seeing is the spray paint hand that you'll see on the more brains button. And also the zombie is spray painting the tombstone. So that's going to be the replacement. And that's something my wife is drawing up. So it's not, you know, it's not nothing that uh, somebody else did. So if you already ordered a shirt or anything off a of Teespring, I'm going to delete all that soon. So Nick, you have one. I have one. It'll be collector's items and people can, yeah. they can buy them for <laughs> original run. We got originals, but I mean, Nick, you understand. I mean, I just, oh, no, yeah, you know, you, cause you never know. You never know how big the podcast could eventually get, especially in today's world. People love podcasts. And I mean, I think our floor usually after like a week is like a thousand views just on the YouTube side. So, right. you know, thousands of views on each episode when it's all said and done on all platforms, that's a pretty relatively popular podcast. So if it continues to grow at that rate, you really don't want to, yeah, you, you don't want any potential legal trouble because, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean I, it's respect to the artist too. You know, we're not and, trying to steal your stuff. Right. And I could probably reach out to the guy and make some kind of deal with him, but I don't know exactly who did that. So, uh, if I can get my wife involved and she creates the zombie hand with the spray paint, awesome. So that'll be the new branding. You'll see that shortly changing on everything. So when you pull up the podcast, the image will be the same of Tar Man, and it looks like that old faded photograph, but the logo will now have the spray paint hand instead of the Tar Man image. So just a... Uh, just letting everybody know about that, I guess. Maybe some people don't care at all, but I don't know. I It's something to just mention. I didn't want to just change it and people be like, hey, that's different. Why'd they change that? I'm explaining it to you. So, Yeah, you need us yeah. sold out, man. We're selling out. Uh, but yeah, the podcast, uh, I was telling you, Nick, I was like, man, I think I'm just so happy. You know, I, I when we started this, you never know. You know, I've tried a lot of things on my channel and half of them don't work and that's fine because you try and this podcast has been i think the the number one thing it's become the thing people look forward to the most the on the channel and i don't know man it's been awesome i can't believe it's almost been a year yeah yeah the you know? the, the one year anniversary blowout uh, guys, that episode will probably just be an entire live stream of Christian and I just it, yeah, individually getting absolutely hammered. And it's just going to be a free for all in the chat. And we're just going to, I mean, who knows? I, I'm kidding, but I, it's crazy to think about. And I've been thinking about it because for one year, you think like, well, we got to do something for that. That's going to be a big deal. So We've got some ideas. There's some people that I've tried. I've been talking to. There's some people that Christian's been talking to. The matter is getting schedules lined up with obviously Christian's work schedule and my work schedule. And then you include all these other people that you have to work around their schedules. So it's not easy. Um, but what we've got some cool things coming this year, some special guests that I think you guys are going to are really going to dig um yeah and who, who knows maybe we reel in a white whale i mean who knows all right nick i have something i want to ask you but before i do that is there anything uh -oh. on your mind or do you want me to just do you want me to just drop this atomic missile now just drop the a-bomb okay because this podcast we're we're authentic right every week we are authentic and we express our opinions and our thoughts 
do you, as a big Halloween fan, find some hypocrisy in people that were not fans of Halloween Kills? Because there were a number of them that were not fans of Halloween Kills, but may have really enjoyed TCM 2022. And maybe you say to yourself, I find that a little weird because Halloween Kills had a lot of schlocky, funny stuff intended or not. And you didn't like that there, but you like it here. I mean, as a hot because look, I, I think I think it's important to just genuinely be able to express your thought on that. And I don't feel the right to comment on this because I think you just have a you're the bigger Halloween fans. I think people want to know how you feel about that. Well, you want to open Pandora's box. That bitch is open. Uh, and I want to say I don't mean to offend anybody with my opinion on this, but this is my opinion. And, and yes, 1,000%, I find it hypocritical. And, and I have reasons for that. But the thing that I keep hearing when I bring that up in conversation to people in my comments section or whatever is, well, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, this is what I was expecting. This is what I wanted. Whereas Halloween, no, I need this. I need this. The thing is, I think people expect some level of prestige with the Halloween franchise, especially when, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it for better or worse, because look at a lot of the better movies, better made movies in this series, Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween H2O, Halloween 2018, you know, a lot of them are pretty, those are pretty concise stories, well acted They're you know, like, so when you bring her in it and it's Halloween and it's, you know, billed as a return to the original people expect prestige with, uh, TCM, I guess people are saying that they didn't expect that level of prestige. They just wanted gore and they wanted fun and they wanted kills and all that. The reason that I don't agree with that argument though is, and I can understand because there are more prestige sequels in the Halloween franchise than in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. I think a lot of people can agree with that. There, this, I think the sequels, there are more higher quality sequels in Halloween. And we may like some of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels. Like I think part two is pretty, pretty, not prestige level, but it's pretty close. Like it's takes itself seriously enough, but you know what I mean? Um, and I just don't agree with that because the source material for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is one of the most widely revered horror films of all time. So as is Halloween. So if Halloween's coming back and you're expecting this level of prestige and seriousness and, and suspense and tone and everything, but TCM comes back and you're not expecting that. I just feel like that absolutely is a double standard. And I think the reason for that is, is because there's a lot of pent up aggression in the horror community right now. Like, let's just call it like it is. Let's just be honest. Like people feel like Halloween won't go away. And there's a lot of people that would say they'd want it to go away. Meanwhile, we can't get Freddy back on screen or Jason back on screen. We haven't seen Hellraiser, a good Hellraiser movie. And God knows how long, you know, so there's, pent up aggression there people are like why is you know why do i have to keep seeing these halloween sequels screw these things i get it but i don't know <clears throat> is it a double standard is it hypocritical yeah yeah i i think it is i really do think it is and you know i'm sure someone's gonna be in the comments and be like well the reason is david gordon green and danny mcbride and them and jason blum said we were gonna get these prestige old style halloween sequels and they don't feel that way well what are they supposed to say I mean, what what was David Gordon Green's by? Man, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get. You should go see it. How much weight do you put into this, though? You know, 
the uh, I still think a lot of people just hurt that Halloween keeps ignoring a lot of their favorite movies. They yes, yeah. And Texas Chainsaw really hasn't done that because there is no timeline. So, I mean, what weight do you put into that? And I, you know, people are just. They don't like that their favorite movies. It's just I remember one time somebody this sounded a little dramatic, but I did laugh at this. Somebody was like, "Okay, so now they're bringing us this new Halloween film and they're saying, you know, none of those other ones happened. Forget it. And his argument is, "Okay, well, are you going to pay me back for buying all those movies on VHS and DVD and this and that? Because if you want me to forget it, I've spent a lot. I've spent my money on these movies that you gave to me. And are you telling me to, to forget them? I mean, there's a lot of people that they don't like that they keep doing that. I, I hear the argument, and I I get it too because with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's been every sequel. People are used to it by now. Of course, they're going to retcon it because every sequel is a part two. Like we've talked about that, so it's like you're not like, well, there's this long history of movies that I don't want forgotten about. So I totally get why people kind of felt blindsided by Halloween doing it. Whereas with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, well, that's just what we're used to at this point um but to i feel like to disparage a a movie for that is i i don't know i mean let's be honest here what is more realistic like we can be pragmatic horror fans and say what's more realistic you know halloween needed a revival they wanted to make money it's a hot property you bring jamie lee curtis back i mean because and Nick Castle wanted to come back, and John freaking Carpenter wanted to come back, at least to produce and do the score. I don't think anyone ever thought after Halloween 3, this man would contribute whatsoever to this series ever again. And he was like, yeah, I'm on board. I'll do the score. So it's like, it just made sense. Well, okay, if that's the route we're going to go, how do we do it? Because Lori died in Resurrection. Create your own new timeline. I mean, you can't continue from Resurrection, but you know this franchise is viable and needs to be brought back to life and the original players want a hand in it. Okay. Well, let's just go the old way and let's just create a new path. I mean, I I don't know. I, I agree because I will never not look at her as Michael Myers sister. Like I, I just genuinely cannot help it. Even though I, when I watch these new timeline, this new timeline, I understand she's not a sister. She's not a sister, but like in the back of my mind, I'm just always like this, that's his damn sister, man. So like I get that point of it, but I just, I don't know. I think people just, I really don't know what it is, man. I mean, I think that people thought that Halloween kills and I heard you talking about it on region free and, and it was one thing I've always maintained this with you. People think that Halloween kills was trying to be one of those prestige sequels that was supposed to be held up in the light of, dare I say Halloween two or Halloween four, you know, some of the more widely accepted high quality sequels. And I don't think it ever was trying to be that. I don't think it was trying to be schlocky. I've said that before and I will maintain that. I mean, they, they took themselves seriously, but the whole idea was, dude, let's just make a movie about Michael and like, like screw this Laurie Strode storyline in this movie, screw all these subplots. Like how many, how many subplots are in Halloween kills? Like none. None, like literally none. It's well, what about this plot thread or what? Oh, don't leave this hanging. No, the only plot thread aside from Michael stalking Haddonfield and killing people is the hospital dude that jumps out the window. Mm -hmm. And that's even gone really quick. I mean, this movie is very linear. It's focused on one thing. So like I, I, 
I just don't, if it's not somebody's cup of tea, that's totally fine. But yeah. Well, I mean, when we talk about that, you know, it's clear to me, this, this is, this is the conversation about it. And I don't know that I've ever seen people really try to break this down and discuss it that well. People say, oh, it's, it's, it's a funny slasher movie. I like it. Or no, it's not funny. It's cringy, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, when you look at the scenes with the big Johns and stuff, that's obviously supposed to be humorous and funny and, and lighthearted. Works. And it's 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 a it's like a blind person could see that is supposed to be the what would they call in movies the comic relief, give you a moment for the audience to relax and laugh at something and see some humanity in a film like this. The evil dies tonight thing is the debate I see. Did they do that on purpose to be over the top and, and funny, or was it approached as serious as a heart attack? No, no, that, that is solely on the actors and the way they deliver those lines. Because the first time uh, when Tommy says it, it's not as cringy because Anthony Michael Hall is a good actor. But when Marion says it or the lady in the hospital, evil dies tonight out of nowhere. It's like you couldn't act your way out of a paper bag. Like that's the problem. It's not the line itself. It's the delivery. You shouldn't have given that line to all these different people. When Lori said it one time, it was fine because Jamie Lee Curtis is a good actress. You may not like the line, but you weren't like, oh, that's so cringy. I just want to laugh. Like, no, it was delivered well. It's just you may not like the line and you probably didn't like the line because it was said 15 times before she got the chance to say it. So if she was the first one to say it in that one moment when she's talking to Hawkins or Karen, yeah. evil dies tonight, you're you're not thinking of it in the light that you are at this point because you've already seen 15 people go evil dies tonight. And it's just no, it was it's it's not the line itself. It's the delivery. And it's the fact that you gave a potentially very powerful line to literally anybody that wanted it. Do you want to say it? Do you want to say it? Does the right. whole freaking town of Haddonfield want to say it? Why? 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 Yeah. I mean, cause it, putting that, that when you put that phrase in the mouth of Donald Pleasance, I could hear his character saying that, you know, in his British accent and during one of his speeches at the end of it, like, you know, I've watched him again, blah, blah, blah. He's, there's no blah, 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 no life. Evil dies. Tonight. Like, like I could hear Luma say that. Uh, what really killed it for me was when, and I, when, when I did, when I was just telling myself, oh boy, that was like, that could be on a Twitch cringe compilation on YouTube. You know, when the woman in the hospital yells it and she has like a, just, it just sounded so bad coming out of her mouth. That's where it killed me. You know, that type of face. Oh, that's where it lost me. I'm one like, two, one time is one thing. And again, I, I could hear Doc, Dr. Loomis saying that because it sounds like his vocabulary. But man, oh, man, I uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's funny now, but I I still struggle. Like if when Sydney watched it with me for the first time, I was I wasn't watching the movie when the chance started. I was watching her because I wanted to see her reaction. And she made the face, you know, like she's just kind of like, uh, like they're saying this a lot. What, what, what is this all about? So, I don't know. 
I don't know. Do we do we need to take a break, Nick? Do I need a cut? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my internet has been intermittent all day, and it, you like, haven't. Went out, it went out for a second. Okay. You hadn't but, froze or nothing. Okay. But let me just let me just write down the time real quick. So it I was can... like twenty four thirty. But um, I'm gonna text it to you so I know. Okay. <clears throat> But yeah, I uh, mm. I don't know, man. No, you're you're right. I, I listen. I'm the Halloween guy, and I saw this in theaters with my brother and my wife. And when the woman says it at the hospital, I laughed out loud. I legitimately, I went, "Oh my god!" Like that was in the theater. I immediately was like, "I really want to like this movie," and I hope that this doesn't happen too much. And Luckily, it didn't. That Not a lot of people deliver the line that way. I don't like Marion's delivery of it either. Love lives today, but evil dies tonight. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, and, and, and not just that. The whole, like, this is for Dr. Loomis. I'm like, you should have just brought her back and not given her lines, honestly. Because she can't, even back in 78, she couldn't really act that well. I, that's why you haven't seen her in a lot of things. Because she's probably not a great actress. Um so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, she was no worse than anybody else in those movies. No, but you also don't have to. I, her her whining in the car in the original Halloween is pretty over the top. <laughs> I'm like every time I watch, it's not like bad, but it's just like, come on, you're trying too hard right now. But I digress. It's not like a problem. I guess my whole point on the whole kills discussion is. I do feel like Halloween gets held to a different standard than a lot of franchises. And I think that is because what a lot of people look at it as like the, you know, the franchise, like whether it's your favorite or not, everybody, I mean, it's slasher franchises. It is the most successful. So, and it's synonymous with a holiday. Like you can't help but think about it a lot, but I, so yeah, I think it gets held to a different standard. You know, if, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just I, kills is competently made. It's it's got great kills. the The gore is awesome. James Jude Courtney is awesome. The music is awesome. The atmosphere is awesome. I mean, it. it I, I just I don't know. I can have fun with it. I can have fun with Texas Chainsaw Massacre twenty twenty two as well. It's it's crazy how that works. But so what's up with the? Why is there always such a war on Twitter? When when there's About a movie what? like I mean when there's a movie like Texas Chainsaw 2022 and people just go back and forth man it's insane like they uh why do people I think we talked about this a little last week but why do people feel the need to just have to change somebody's mind or be right with their opinion on this shit like what do you think it is that causes that That's a deep rooted psychological thing like I've always felt that way. My older brother is that way. He's got to have the last word and he's always got to be right. And if he's not going to be looked at as right at the end of the day, he wants you to at least feel like you're wrong. And that's, <clears throat> these people do the same thing. You know, it's, Hey, I, that's cool. That you're, it's your opinion that that is your opinion, but you're wrong. Um, right. Nah, that kind of, that kind of energy is toxic in, in horror fandom. And it seems like, like we thought this was specific to Halloween once like 2018 came out, but like, I think I'm just starting to see this throughout horror in general. 
It's getting worse, man. Yeah, this isn't a Halloween thing. Like everybody put it on Halloween four years ago, and I'm starting to see it with almost every wide release horror movie. There's a faction of people that love it. There's a faction of people that vehemently hate it. And very rarely do we have a film where most people can agree, okay, that was pretty good. But like, I don't know what it is. I, I really don't. I think that some of it is boomers just wanting their old... Their old Leatherface back. Their old Michael Myers back. I, I really don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is. And it's also these kids. Some kids on Twitter that... Jesus, I don't know what it is with kids nowadays, man. I might, I'm not going to raise my kid anything like some of these kids nowadays. Because like their whole idea of a hobby is going to social media to tell people that they're stupid for liking something or not liking something. It's like you could do some so much better with your time. Go play with sticks. I don't know. It's what I did. Go throw rocks at shit, man. I tell you, when I was a kid, I dude, literally all we did is in my subdivision, me, Randy, Bobby, Chris every day. And like, dude, my golden era, you want to know, you want to know what I've been doing lately. And it's been bringing back some of the best childhood memories for me. I've been watching. I can't believe I'm saying this. I have been watching guys open up boxes of the late 90s basic and like jungle box of Pokemon cards. Because, dude, the hysteria back then, I mean, you remember, dude, it was fucking crazy. (laughs) And you'd go to the mall and you'd go to the comic shops or or the whatever shops. And, dude, you get yourself a pack and that, dude, it was drugs for kids. I mean, it was or was gambling for kids almost because you open up that pack and you you wait to get that foil card. And I yep. dude, I watched this guy open up a a box of classic ones, and he the whole thing is getting the Charizard right. I'm a Blastoise guy, right? I always like Blastoise, the big turtle. Oh yeah, I was always Charizard. Charizard, but dude, like I, Nick, it's crazy. The it's I watch the guy's hands because I usually set up a camera right in front of their hands opening the pack yep. and when they get to where they they do this trick where i think the holographic card is supposed to be the third or fourth from the back and they turn the deck upside down they go one two three and then they move that card to the very back which is supposed to be the holographic that way they can savor it right and when they get to that card you see their hands shaking i mean they're so nervous about what it is and i was like that growing up and i it's just i know that if i did it today i'd still have that same rush but Dude, I missed that time of my life when it was Pokemon cards, watching pro wrestling, watching The Rock and Steve Austin, and going outside and playing ball, basketball with my friends literally for hours. We beat the shit out of each other with basketball, call your own fouls. I mean, oh, yeah. dude, there, there was no I mean, I mean, Nick, this is the way we got together too. We didn't call each other. We didn't have cell phones. This was the early, early 2000s. Kids didn't have phones. Like, what we did is we'd all finish our homework on Saturday around lunchtime, and we'd just kind of go outside and ride our bikes and wait for us to basically see each other. And then that's how we knew we could get together and play. Dude, I just, you know. Yeah, no, we used to... uh we used to what our thing was me, Tommy and Chris, they, they were brothers and they were like my closest friends. Um, <clears throat> I've told you about Tommy many times and, and, and we grew up together cause we lived 
like the their backyard you could see my front yard and so it was the same way you know you just go outside and see them out there you just go up to their house and be like hey what are you doing like let's hang out but yeah man our thing was crushing pop cans and sticking them in the back of the bike tire so it sounded like a motorcycle when you're driving or uh you know we would do that but yeah it was the same <laughs> we used to play um <clears throat> we used to battle pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and and we we all used to collect them we had a freaking dual discs from Yu-Gi-Oh, bro we had those like big ass plastic oh, chunks yeah we'd go out in the driveway in the cul-de-sac and we did we just have a full-on Yu-Gi-Oh battle um but yeah what actually brings me back to my childhood like a comfort thing for me is to go on youtube and watch videos of people's halloween collections like but not like new videos like the old videos i used to watch those old ones i watched 10 15 years ago that are still there i'll go watch those videos again because it just transports me back to that time when i was like 11 12 13 and like that was my whole focus i remember my mom was dating a guy and he lived with us and um he had uh before smartphones were really a thing and he so you like if you use data on on a phone oh man your bill's gonna get jacked up i used to take his phone at night and go on youtube and watch people's halloween collection videos and jack up his phone bill oh, like man. it was just simple stuff like that like i'll and i still i go back and watch those same videos all the time like uh doug's video doug lander um what about nate dunning's films oh nate dunning yeah yeah he is my only problem with nate was his just disdain for rob zombie and and i loved i mean nate nate is a great guy nate always looked like he had just rolled out of bed <laughs> And he's got like, who knows what's going on with his hair. And right. he's ready to sit in front of a camera and tell you why you're a piece of shit. If you like Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween too. Oh yeah. And, but, but I liked him as a YouTuber, even though I didn't agree with the Rob Zombie Halloween st takes that he had, he was very passionate about the franchise. And I used to watch his shit religiously. And me yeah, too. so that, that's kind of what takes me back is like going back and watching those videos. And I don't know. I used to watch you. I used to watch Nate Dunning films a lot. I've I've reached out to Nate before, and he was he was always nice. I I told him I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting you on. I wouldn't mind getting Nate on the show to just talk about his journey in YouTube and and having to stop and start having to delete his channel, lose his channel. I mean, if you if you are in touch with him, get him. I'd love to bring him on the show and just talk about. Yeah. The the good old days of YouTube see if, again. See if his mind has changed at all about Rob Zombie's Halloween too. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I don't I'd know. love to hear what he thinks about 2018 and kills. I've never heard what he thinks about him. Yeah. You know, because he pretty much disappeared. Like he still has social media, but he rarely uses it. So it's like I'm kind of jealous, man. I know. I, well, I deleted pretty much everything, man. I deleted Snapchat. I deleted my Facebook. I use oh. the only social media I use is my twitter and my youtube instagram that's it yeah and it's weird like twitter is probably the most toxic of all of them but for some reason like i just kind of like twitter i'm kind of getting just gotten used to it and it's so addicting man it's constant updates it's it's where i get my movie news it's where like it's just it's constant like i feel like twitter is I don't know. When I created Twitter 10 years ago, I was just doing it because everybody else was doing everybody it. Everybody was doing it, yeah. Yeah, and now I'm like, wow, this is better than, like, everything. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, it's just... 
I, I do. I was talking to my wife last night about like, it, it was some deep shit, man. I mean, it was about like mortality and like life passing you by and shit. And I'm like, man, I just, sometimes I just wish I could go back to those times when I was a kid and like, tell myself like, stop wishing you would fucking grow up, dude, because you're going right. to grow up and then you're going to be like, fuck, I, I want to go back and you can't go back. So if there are any teenagers or, or, or kids, Dude, first of all, sorry it. for the language, but enjoy what you have right now. Cause we were both where you were when we were like, I want to be 18. I want to move out. I want to be 21 and I want to drink. Yeah. Then you get to your late twenties, early thirties. And you're like, I want to be like 13 again, <laughs> like really bad. Cause it, it, it ain't up from here that doesn't mean you can't have a great adulthood or anything like that but it it's you only get older and life only gets shorter and more complex so you know i miss it mm. when i did i did my texas chainsaw massacre re-ranking today uh for my video i uploaded that like two hours ago yeah and uh when i was doing that video and i started talking about the remake it just took me right back like mm. to my childhood and just watching that remake dvd over and over and over again in 2003 i was nine years old and i was beating that dvd to shit because i was watching <laughs> every day right i mean yeah oh man yeah like there's good things about adulthood like uh you know i love waking up in the middle of the night and who's gonna if i'm if i make noise when i have to go get something to drink or something it's just like i don't nobody's gonna tell me to be quiet i love that but Dude, the not the best thing was being seventeen, because you have no responsibility with the decent amount of freedom, right? Like you, you're old, you're old enough to drive and drive late at night, but you don't have to pay bills yet. Like you're still at home, dude. Seventeen was like I, I need people to understand. Seventeen is like one of the best ages in a good situation that is for some people 17 sucks it just depends on your home life and things like that but dude 17 for me i wish i could relive that year and just go all out <laughs> you know yeah drive driving late at 17 uh which is also can be problematic i was a kitchen manager for chipotle when i was 17 Jesus uh right yeah and uh i was you know going to school and everything and when you would close at chipotle you wouldn't leave till like 12 30 so I left work one night on my way home. Mind you, I had school at 7.45 the next morning. I stopped at this place called Skyline. I'm sure some of you guys have heard of Skyline Chili in the Cincinnati area. Got me some Skyline Chili, some cheese conies with some chili on it, whatever. I got pulled over. It was 1 a.m. Cop comes up to the window, has his flashlight out. He's like, why are you out driving so late? Because uh, I was 17. I was like, well, I just got off work. Like, I'm heading home. He points his flashlight in my lap. He goes, what's that in your lap? <laughs> It was shredded cheese from my cheese company. <laughs> I just <laughs> ate. I said to him, I was like, dude, I just got Skyline. The bag is right there. <laughs> He's like, well, you need to get home. And I'm like, it's your, what? What do you think I'm doing, jackass? I, that's what I'm saying. I'm wearing a Chipotle shirt. Like, come on. But yes, no, it, it, that that was the time, man. I was, I don't know. That, that was a, man, I was going to concerts, like so many concerts when I was 17, 18 and you know, I was, ah, man, I could go a lot crazier than I can now. I would headbang. I would go to Warp Tour, and I would just jump around and push around and headbang for 12 straight hours, and I'd wake up the next morning a little sore, but I'm ready to go. And, like, now, oh, hell no. If I do all the headbanging and shit, I'm, I'm, I'm out for the count. 
I'm out for the count the next, you know, the next day. Mm. Oh yeah. All right, Nick, let's have one little last debate about something while I'm thinking about it. We fuck with each other all the time and we're going to settle the score today. Oh God. And we're going to be objective about it. Oh, are are we? No subjectivity here. You claim that Michael Myers is the king. He is. I claim that Freddy Krueger is the king. No, 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 Christian. We agree that they're co-kings. Well, for the sake of the argument, we're going to take that away. I, I, that we can come to that conclusion. Why is, why do you think that Michael is the, is the actual king? What's your criteria? I guess for me, it's just like, take away box office numbers, take away number of movies, because those are quantifiable things, but they don't necessarily prove anything. I just think that Michael being synonymous with the holiday itself, he has literally become ingrained with a time of year. Um, And I feel like everybody knows that white mask. And everybody knows that theme. Everybody knows that theme. If you played that theme on the piano and you ask 10 people, I guarantee you at least nine of them go, oh, that's that, that's that Michael Myers theme or say something along those lines. Everybody knows Michael Myers. And part of that, I feel like, is also because of Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, I feel like having a star like that associated with this franchise definitely branches it out more into pop culture. But I will say that Freddie is, I mean, he's synonymous with dreams. So that's quite a thing to be synonymous with. And I I would venture to say, in my opinion, they're both more popular than Jason in pop culture. I I would honestly say that. It's an interesting thing. I, you know, I, I would almost say that, but at the same time, Nick, Every single shop I go to during Halloween time, doesn't matter where, a Rite Aid, a CVS, a whatever, a Fred's, a Big Lots, there's always Friday the 13th merchandise everywhere. I find yeah. more Friday the 13th merch than Nightmare merch. I actually, I feel like like there's less Freddy fans than actual Jason fans in the world. I think it's like two or three to one from my perspective. If I'm being honest, I'm not, that doesn't mean I think Jason's the king. I still think Freddie, Freddie owned the 1980s. Owned he, the 1980s. He did. And, and part of that was, and it's funny too, because Friday the 13th was still going strong in the 80s, but it seemed like with every movie, Friday was losing a little bit of steam with every single movie. And then Halloween obviously had that six year lull in the 80s, but you could say Freddie owned the 80s. And, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with you. I'd say Michael's owned the two thousands out of all of them. And I feel like that's not really hard to say because he's got what one, two, three, four, five, almost six movies in the last two decades. Whereas Nightmare has one. Two technically, I guess. Well, Freddy vs. Jason was 03, right? Right. So if we're going two thousand two to two thousand twenty two, Friday and Nightmare only have one movie apiece. Whereas Michael's about to have a sixth. So Freddie owned that decade. I feel like Michael has owned this time. What is 
Jason never owned, and this is not disparaging against Jason. I freaking love I, Jason, but I'm just saying he's never owned a a, a time period. I don't know. I just I don't know that the movies matter so much anymore because it's just like he doesn't die. This no. the, the 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 character. He's bigger now. Like there's more Friday the 13th fans in the world now than probably ever in history. And that's bizarre to think about. I mean, it's so dude, you remember when we would go to hot topic and shit 10, 12 years ago, you would never find, you know, horror shirts. Now there's Friday the 13th shirts and Halloween and nightmare shirts in Walmart. Yep. That's insane. Let me ask you something, and and I've I've always felt like I I hated this con- this remark. Freddie's king. So many times. So we're, we're putting a pin on it. Freddie is the king. <clears throat> Michael is the king, guys. Um, no, but this this is about Jason, and I. It's a serious question. I have always hated when people say that Halloween has arguably the biggest fan base because it's a very easy entry level franchise. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like the easiest out of the big three to get into is 1,000% Friday the 13th. Because I'll just say this. Freddy fans, although there may not be as many maybe as Jason fans, I feel like they're far more passionate about their movies. And that's not to say there aren't very passionate Friday fans. I know there are. Piz is the first one that comes to my mind when it comes to somebody that knows that franchise inside and out and loves it dearly. But I'm just saying... Friday's template was always the easiest to digest. Bunch of kids going to a summer camp get slaughtered, and you're going to see boobies, drugs, and alcohol along the way. And like every movie. So it's very, it's palatable to to young teens. Like it's just an easy franchise to get into. There's not this really deep mythology. It doesn't ever get too weird with its storylines. Like, yeah, he went to space, but it wasn't changing the mythology of Jason. You know, so like... I feel like out of the three, the easiest to get into and understand is Friday the 13th, especially now because Halloween has like five different timelines. So I, I feel like at this point, Friday is the easiest to get into. Am I am I wrong? <sighs> yes, and a little no, because I think a lot of people, when they want to get into it and they see that uh, a series that is the name Jason is just as synonymous, if not bigger than the actual title. When they hear that the first movie doesn't have them, they probably think that's weird and like, huh? Wait, I'm confused. I thought this was whatever. Well, Halloween starts with Michael. But if I, I'll tell you this, like when I, when I went through the series. Oh, year, years ago, like. It was probably the most enjoyable because it was a soap opera and it was just chapter verse chapter verse chapter verse chapter verse same thing with uh, nightmare for the most part too i mean friday is so easy to watch that franchise i I told you last you know six months ago when we were doing the crystal lake memories episodes going back and rewatching all those movies it's they're just so easy they're a breeze like you but that's why i'm saying i feel like it's easier to get into because there's halloween movies you'll watch and you'll go well there's confusion going on like yeah same thing with Nightmare, New Nightmare, Freddy's Revenge. Like, there's some Dream Child, Freddy's Dead. Like, you watch some of those movies if you're not familiar with the previous ones, and you're like, what the, f-? like, what? Like, it's so that's why I think that's what I mean. That's not to disparage the intelligence of like a Friday fan. No, not at all. It just means I feel like those movies are easier to watch because there's not as much that you have to understand and grab onto. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm just trying to put my mindset into somebody that hasn't ever watched either of them before. Uh, what I would go to first. Um, I don't know, man. I didn't become a Freddy fan until I really saw Nightmare 2. And then I was like, oh, this this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's so crazy how hated that movie is. I mean, it's starting to see a renaissance now, but man, not a lot. Eh, of people I mean, like, not a lot of people like Freddy's Revenge. I guess not. I mean, I get people. I mean, I see a lot of fans for it, but no, I, it's just it's unfair because it's sandwiched between the original and Dream Warriors. So I feel mm-hmm. like it's the one that gets left out. Um, I probably live in a little bit of a echo chamber. I, I say I live in a little bit of echo chamber. It's like, man, I'm really blessed. And I think you're the same way. I get hate comments and I laugh at them and we'll share them with each other and joke about it. Like somebody, somebody said to me, uh, and maybe it's getting lost in translation with, with typing. So if you meant well, and you weren't trying to make me feel dumb, it's, I, you know, it's funny. I'm not mad, but like somebody, when they watch my TCM review, they were like, for somebody who like loves the first movie, it's absolutely ridiculous to me that you could find anything redeemable about this pile of shit movie, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I, I think I said, like, I like Texas 3D, too, or something. But, like... I saw that, yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, man. Like, what, what the fuck were we talking about? I already forgot what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> yeah, well, you were talking about... We were talking oh, about... Oh, Freddy's Revenge. Okay. Yeah, so, I just feel like when I talk about a movie I love, I'll get some people are like, good review, man. Wasn't for me. But most of the time, a lot of people that comment are usually just fans of it. So... To me, it doesn't seem like there is much haters for Freddy's Revenge. I'm sure there are tons, but like I don't see it anymore. Is what I'm saying. Like, and that's that's probably because I am living in somewhat of a, a a an Elm Street echo chamber. You know, well maybe you know. Well, if there, if you want a horror movie that people will comment if you love it, it's Freddy's Rob Dead. Zombie. Rob oh, Zombie's shit. Halloween too. <laughs> Rob Zombie's dead. Halloween too. Freddy's Dead. Uh, and then from the Friday franchise, pr- I would have said part five for the longest time, but I, I probably will still say part five. Um, although there is an unnatural amount of hate sometimes for takes Manhattan. Um, but yeah, man, anytime I talk about Rob Zombie's Halloween too, it's not just people commenting that like that movie as well. No, I will get some comments, man. I will get right. some comments. That, I, I don't know how you can, like this movie being a, the, the original being your favorite. It's nothing like it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And Mike, it's like, yes, it's nothing like it. That's, <laughs> that's the um, point. Like, look at somebody, look at somebody we know that is like a, a Halloween purist. Pizzow. He's a guy we've talked to Piz about it. He loves those older classic Halloween movies. I thought he would hate Rob Zombie's Halloween too. He really likes it. I think he probably did initially and no, go back and watch his review from uh, 2010. Uh, Maybe so. I I just, you know, I, I loved it. And then I didn't quote unquote air quotes. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts or Stitcher or iHeartRadio or anything else, hated it after a while because everybody hated it. And I felt the pressure. Yeah. I'm just, I guess I assumed he was the same way, but yeah, I uh, did. He didn't yeah. praise on it in his first review. He just said, I liked it a lot more than his previous one. It was better than I expected. But now when you talk to him about it, he's very candid about it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that movie. You know, that that movie's pretty damn good. And it's like, 
I feel like people are starting to see the light with that movie a little bit. Like I'll go back and listen to, you know, podcasts, movie review podcasts or movie reviews, and people are just dumping on it. And I'm like, go back and watch it again in five years, especially after if you're someone that is annoyed with Halloween 2018 and Halloween kills, go back and rewatch Rob Zombie's Halloween too. Tell me that it's that bad. Like, well, you know, it's just interesting. I'll hear reviews about that movie and basically everything that they don't like about it is exactly why I like it. Hobo Myers. Yeah. What, you know, what, where, where was he going to shave? Where was he going to get new clothes? Okay. Well, Where's he sleeping? You know, it's just, there's dumb. I mean, I love just, that. It's controversial though, man. Those are the best movies. I hate it when yeah. people are just like, Oh, it's okay. Like, honestly, even though there's a lot of shit, shit talking and stuff on Twitter, it is fun, especially when you don't engage in it. Like you're the same way. You're in a place where dude, you could give a fuck. If, I, if I, every like dude there was a time where when i reviewed a movie and granted i don't review too much movies that i don't like not because i'm scared to hear, hear people say screw you christian i like this movie i don't want to have the responsibility i think i've talked about this maybe you can understand nick if i review a movie that i don't like and i review it and i tell you guys you don't have to waste your time on this one or skip this one. And somebody finally does watch it on happenstance or just like a half a year later or a year later. And then they loved it. And they tell like, I would feel so bad, even though I probably wouldn't know about it because they wouldn't message me and say, Hey dude, you hated this movie, but I finally watched it. and loved it. I just don't want to do that to people. You no, know what I, I mean? I think that's why both of our channels, if you guys look at our content, it's, We've always been pretty similar in what we do. Christian has obviously a, a far more vast like horror, like collection, memorabilia and stuff like that. So he's got a lot of more videos like that than I do. But we we never went the route of being known as movie reviewers because I don't want to be tasked with having to watch every new movie that comes out and giving you a review of it because I'm going to have to watch a lot of shit. Right. And then I'm going to have to tell you about how it's shit. If I do a review on my channel, I mildly liked the movie. Like I, I at least give it a pass if I do a review of it. Like that's just how it goes. Name the last movie I did a review of where I said, this is dog shit. Don't watch it. I don't do it. I don't do it. So, and Christian doesn't do it either. The last time I did it was this movie called Behind the Sightings. And the people that own the movie, they watched my review and commented on it. And I shat all over it. But I was really bummed out because... Here's the thing. I, I feel like such a dummy if I shit on a low-budget movie. Yeah. Dude, the acting was garbage. This sucked. This was crap. I'm like, at a certain point, I say to myself, they they filmed it with nothing. So I, I, there's something about picking on a little kid mentality I have with that. But I didn't, in that, behind the sightings, it's a found footage movie. You remember that clown, quote-unquote, pandemic? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And Dude, the behind the sightings was this found footage. Seen the, I've seen the movie. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. So in my review, I said, you know, the actors, the couple, they weren't really a problem. The fact of the matter is some of the sequences were so predictable, and it's not a money thing. The clowns popped out right when you saw it. The outfits were so bad. I mean, one guy was just wearing coveralls and a cheap yeah. Halloween mask, which the Halloween mask is fine. It's a cheap Halloween mask, but it's like you could at least – put on something a little creepier and then the end sequence is a girl tied up and they literally just had this clown walk around her and it would edit like he did nothing and you just sat there i was like i don't know who edited that but it was a nightmare and I, i'm sure they tried to make sense of a sequence they didn't know what to do with and 
I, I, I didn't want to have to review. I didn't want to have to shit on it because I wanted to like it. And, but I told people, I was just like, you know, I bought it because I'm a found footage junkie and I bought the DVD. If you want to see it though, you can still buy the DVD on Amazon. But, and then of course my worst fear happens. The fucking people that own the movie comment and they say, and you, I, Christian. no, they, they did the exact opposite. It made me feel even worse. They commented basically, thank you for purchasing the DVD and we appreciate your feedback. And I was just like, I feel like such an asshole. Although I listened back to my review and I was like, you were honest. You didn't disparage the people who made the film. You just said, that line of work is not for the faint of heart. If they were going to take that to heart, they shouldn't be in that business. So I wouldn't feel too bad about being honest about it because I'm sure they had people that loved it too. And they're, they're used to both of it. I mean, you don't get into the filmmaking business if you're expecting everyone to love everything you put out. I mean, Dude, if, if I became a filmmaker, I'm not reading reviews. Oh, fuck no. Rob Zombie said he doesn't read his reviews. He's also been very open. He's been very open about that. He do, he doesn't read them. He just doesn't read them. Doesn't care what people think about him because, hey, I put my time, my effort into it. I liked what I made. You know, whatever. If you don't like it, if it's not for you, that's cool. I mean, I think more filmmakers need to take that approach because I see some filmmakers. I will not mention them by name. Filmmakers today that uh, will take to social media to talk shit if people didn't like their movies and i think it's very unbecoming of you i really do think it is right who cares you got paid to do the gig right the check cleared right what do you care what do you care if you are happy with the product what do you care i i don't know man i i the i just remembered the last movie that i reviewed on my channel that i said this movie's a pile of dog shit was slender man uh i shit was bad i shit all over that movie okay before we get into questions dude are you into true crime yeah. yeah dude okay so there's this channel i love called uh explore with us or something and they did there's two episodes that are fascinating there's this one about the craig not the craigslist killer the amazon killer it was this guy who had these big uh what do you call them they're these they're like storage containers they're called a uh, connex boxes right mm-hmm and he was holding girls hostage in there and shit. And he wouldn't, it was weird. He, he, he described, and the, the victim said the same thing. Like I call it rape still, but he, he said he wouldn't rape the girls, but he would tell them, you know, look, uh, if I don't have any use for you, there's no sense in you living in, in my Connex box and stuff. I, that's rape. I mean, if you're basically threatening to kill somebody to have sex with them, even if they do it, in the act, will it, I say willingly? Like, dude, that's he's a scumbag piece of shit. I forgot this guy's name, but that episode was crazy. Because once the guy got caught, he was just so open about everything. It was bizarre. But they did an episode on the Slender Man murders or the attempted murder because I think that girl lived that they stabbed. Yep. But these girls are just like, dude. When they went to when they were getting interrogated and stuff, it was bizarre how. They were in this this Slenderman world. They were talking about it so like it was real. It is horrifying to watch, and that movie was just like so sh- bad and superficial. And it was bullshit because the Slenderman story is one of the best, creepiest things I've ever watched. About it. guys, explore with us. Watch these videos on the Amazon Killer. What a piece of shit that guy is. And the Slenderman series episode about those kids being interrogated is horrifying. 
Oh man, I love that stuff. I had just started dating my wife when we, that was one of the first movies we saw in theaters together. That was the first summer we had been <clears> together. <throat> you know what she said after? Well, actually, the first movie we saw in theaters together was Deadpool two, and that was a good experience. But um, when we walked out of that theater, she said to me, "Slendy deserved better," and I I couldn't right. have summed it up any better myself. Yeah, yeah, just right. That terrible adaptation. Man, I swear. We're at an hour. We're at an hour. and We still haven't got into questions yet, ladies and gentlemen. So far, I hope you guys have liked us just bullshitting back and forth because we, we could go all night doing that. I mean, is it, what else? before we get to that, Nick, I mean, what else is – because we can't answer all the questions. Quite frankly, some of them were non-askable. Yeah, yeah. Just pick like, out something you like. Like Baldy Jack, you little bastard. I love you, Baldy. But he's like, when are you and Nick getting married? <laughs> Screaming uh, Baldy. Uh, I, now the people listening, Baldy Jack's one of my dearest friends. I've known him from I've known him for a long time. He's like a little brother, so I'm I'm talking to him like a little brother. I love him, so don't be messaging him saying Christian was talking shit about you, Baldy. What else, is, dude? Nick, what else is on your mind, dude? Like, what do you? How is everything? How's your life? You don't have to get personal, but like, how are you? Uh, you know, um. Anyway, I, I think no, things have been things have been better over the past, you know, few weeks. I, I you know, I've I've definitely had some struggles, uh, at, you know, at home and whatnot, but things have definitely been better. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you lost your I mean, we you, you made this public, so I'm not bringing anything you didn't know. But I mean, it was had a rough year. You lost your brother in law. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, does it feel and, real yet or? Yeah, it does. And we were actually planning the family vacation uh, to North Lake, Tennessee. Um, I, we were actually planning it yesterday. My mom was texting all of us. And, you know, my sister was like, it's going to be really weird not having our boat driver this year. And, you know, we you, comments like that and stuff just kind of in that. That was the last time. It stings, that we, doesn't it? Yeah. That was the last time we saw him. Yeah. we Last July, we all went to Norris for a week and we all stayed in the house and he drove the boat every day. And, yeah, man, Ryan. Ryan was a good old boy. All right. Ryan was a salt of the earth, Alabama, Southern gospel, Jesus fearing. Ryan was awesome, but Ryan, good old boy. Yeah. Oh, he was, a, but he was a straight shooter, man. I mean, he, he'd be driving that boat, Bud Light in one hand and a lip cookie in his lip. And, you know, he just, he, he was, Ryan was, Ryan was awesome. And, uh, he, he didn't have a bad bone in his body, man. And he was just, so it, it's definitely going to be surreal to go back there. My wife was talking about it yesterday and she said, it's going to be really weird like to go back there. Cause like that was the last time, you know, we saw him. I'm like, yeah, it's definitely gonna be weird. Um, yeah, it, it sucks. It sucks. You know, I, I don't use my platform to push any, any agendas or, or opinions or whatever, but, um, you know, I just, I just, I, I want people to, at the end of the day, just, just care about other people, man, just, just care. Like if it's, if certain things don't affect your life or you don't lose someone or whatever, I mean, just still be, you know, empathetic to the shit that other people are going through. Cause it's been a hard two years for a lot of people, man. It really, really has. And, uh, uh you know, have, just have some sympathy for them. Cause, uh, until stuff like that rocks your family or your life, you, you can't really put it in perspective. Um, but, yeah, man. I mean, all things considered, I'm I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm I'm excited. I'm going to Horror Hound in uh, a month. My first horror con. I'm going to meet Nev Campbell. You know, Jamie Kennedy, Tom Atkins. You know, Matthew Lillard. I'm 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 pretty hyped, man. 
Good. I, I'm hoping I go to Texas Frightmare this year. I, I wanted to go last year, but I didn't. I just wasn't ready to make the trip and do all that. But I've got friends like Jay, the Stingray, and all them. Uh, Corny, Corny's, Corny's from Texas, so I, I know they went last year, and I want to go this year and you know uh, meet up with friends and just go to a convention and buy a bunch of shit. I can't ever buy a bunch of shit I wouldn't buy online, but I would buy if I saw it in real life. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't care about meeting anybody. <laughs> I just buy stuff. Like there's this maniac zip up hoodie. I wish I would have bought, and I never did. I have no idea what company made it, but if I see it this year, it's it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Uh, let's answer some freaking questions, man. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. I'm on my page, and I'll go to your page. Uh, it ain't no butterflies. What movie? Uh, what movie? does not need a sequel or reboot for me it's trick or treat just an amazing movie on its own what movie does not need a reboot or sequel jaws return of living dead yeah top three this is from to- uh toffin t-o-p-h-i-n top three scream factory slipcover art oh oh i got i i can go uh, halloween oh yeah go ahead go ahead for me, it's easily Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Return of the Living... <laughs> What the fuck? I can't say it. <laughs> R-O-T-L-D and R-O-T-L-D 2. I think that they did a home run on both of those. And honestly, I would have to say that one of my other all-time favorites is uh, Tales from the Hood. I thought they did a killer job on the Tales from the Hood Blu-ray. There's only two that come to mind for me, like right now. Um, and uh, the first one is the Halloween 330th anniversary uh, one uh, with the reversible art that had Connell Cochran like a puppeteer, a puppet master. I, I, I just loved that corny art. And uh, I also really enjoy the House on Haunted Hill art. I, I really do. I, I like those both of those slipcovers quite a bit. I like They Live. Prince of Darkness was great. Candyman, little China is great. Candyman's pretty good. Candyman's pretty good. They just nice little portrait of Tony. Um, Class of nineteen eighty four is one of my favorite arts that they've done. Not Halloween two. Halloween two was uh, pretty bad, in my opinion. I don't. Know. I, like- I mean, I've, neither the Halloween two or the Halloween three arts have have aged well on me. I'm not really big into. I'm not really a big fan of either of those anymore. Quite frankly, I like the Steel Book for Halloween three better. Oh yeah, yes. Both of those steel books. Are Exorcist three. Exorcist three was good. I just feel like they need to go back to that vintage Scream Factory twenty twelve to twenty fifteen style. It's like the Texas Chainsaw two art is fucking awesome. You know. Yeah. It's not that the artists doing it now aren't good. It's that I I liked that style. That really nice comic book style that they were doing. I just miss that a lot. I don't For know. Sure. For, no, I agree. This question's really tough. Uh, Dream Warriors versus the Darkest Side of the Night. I, I, I can answer this. I, my gut answer, like gut answer, is Darkest Side of the Night. As much as I love Dokken, Dream Warriors isn't even probably my in my top five Dokken songs. I don't know how much of a Dokken fan you are. I'm a diehard Dokken fanatic. That's not even in my top five songs. Like Kiss of Death. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm drawing a blank now, but anything basically the entire Tooth and Nail album would probably be over Dream Warriors for me. Although I love 
Dream Warriors, but Darkest Side of the Night is a fucking moody, awesome jam. I cannot listen to that song and not get Jason Takes Manhattan vibes like a motherfucker. I love Darkest Side of the Night. So you can give me the wrong answer and say Dream Warriors now. I'll tell you this. Darkest Side of the Night's a better song. Uh, but my nostalgia, I'm just going to say Dream Warriors. <sighs> if I was going to turn one on. <laughs> it's Darkest Side of the Night. It's Dude, Dream War- Dude uh, Darkest Side has that fucking er, like dirty, just like... No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I'm not going to argue with you and tell you you're wrong because you're not wrong. I'm just being a nostalgic little prick and just going, well, yeah, but dream warriors. Like, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. I don't know. I feel you. They're two great songs. Uh, T.O. Martin asks, what's your favorite Italian horror films? I mean, Nick, you should probably have to be zombie, right? I don't know how yeah, much you've I, I, haven't, I haven't seen a ton, so I'm going to say zombie because I freaking love zombie. And I did like a my video review on it. Like half of it was like me reacting to it. while I loved it. that video you yeah. did. And I was so happy to see you enjoy it. And I saw people in the comments, they would go, oh, this must be this moment. Like when they would see my reaction, I'm like, yes, you're absolutely right. That was that moment. And I, I, that's honestly my favorite Italian movie too. You know, it's gotta be zombie. I mean, zombie, I told you, Nick, remember when we did the RLTLD episode and I said the zombie Mount Rushmore, dude, Lucio zombie is on my Mount Rushmore. After seeing it went up there too. That movie is just fucking oh, nasty. It's disgusting. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. I tell you that Italian gore. Okay. This is a great question. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think we actually talked about this, but let's do it again. Uh, this is from horror business. My question is, do you guys think people take horror movies too seriously lately? For example, with the new Texas chainsaw massacre, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's a dumb fun time and people hate it for that and lately it seems every horror mover fuck every horror movie has to be an a24 style of movie and nobody but the hardcore crowds are willing to give these movies like texas chainsaw 2022 or halloween kills a a chance i have a great thing to say about this and Uh, and before i'm gonna let you get on your soapbox and just say what you're gonna say i'll just answer the question really quick yes Yes. I don't have a soapbox. I don't have a soapbox. I was going to say this. There's just something interesting about talking to people that, you know, aren't hardcore horror fanatics and, and review movies. I said this on Region Free. Like, dude, I miss a time in my life. It wasn't until I got into the movie review game. And I really try not to say this too much because there's something just about saying, you know, I liked I, I, I didn't care about any of the characters. What do you mean care? Like, I don't understand that. What do you mean care? Do you want to do you want to like reach out to these people in real life or something? What do you mean care? But it's just a phrase that I hear now. It's the same thing of like, you know, this movie is underrated or this movie is overhated or this movie is this. It's these phrases that everybody uses. And the new one I hear all the time now and with the reviews is I didn't care about the characters. I never like, dude, when I was a kid, Nick, when you were a kid. You never once would say to me, dude, 10 years ago, when you would talk to me about Halloween, you would say, dude, that scene where he he stabs the guy and lifts him up until said that shit's cool. Like you never would say, I don't really care about the characters. Like we all do it now because it's like what it's like part of horror review lingo. And yeah, I'm not, I'm I was not gonna disparaging say, I'm, I'm people that's too. 
I, I, yeah, it's like, it's just the thing now, but like, I, I just try not to use those words anymore because I don't, it's just, it's, it's, it's just used everywhere. It's like, and what do you mean care about the characters? You have to like the people in the movie. Like, have you not ever watched a movie where everybody's a piece of shit and the movie's just entertaining? Like zombies Halloween. Like seriously, they're all, I would not hang out with any of those people in real life, but like I, and no, I don't want I don't want to use I don't want to use the Rob Zombies movies as an example because that's like people won't accept that. Take something else. There's tons of movies I love where everybody's a piece of shit. And I wouldn't I wouldn't piss on half these people to put them out, but like it doesn't mean I like do you have to care about the people to like a movie? I know I'm going on a tangent now and I said no, I wasn't. You don't but like dude, to. it's self it's selfishness on our part. I'm guilty of saying those things too. You don't have to feel that way. Sometimes we just get so jaded and we're like, "Well, I really wanted to like someone." I'm guilty of it. And you know. It's like I get that. I really do. It's just the lingo is so used so often. It's hard to take any it's hard to know if somebody's being truly genuine with that kind of <clears> shit. Well, I'm, you know? that's one thing with me when it comes to reviews is I'm always I'm gonna tell you the truth. Like I'm, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I won't. I wouldn't have come out with my TCM review and and said that I had a good time with it if I thought it was dog shit. Wouldn't have done it. So, you know. But I did say in my review, I'm guilty of it. I said, you know, I wish I would have cared for, you know, one or more of these characters. But then I also said in my review, but guess what? They didn't want you to care for them. They wanted you to root for them to die. And right. in, that, in that case, they succeeded. So I, you know, can you I, really fault them? No. Yeah, I probably said the exact same thing. I don't know, man. It's just I'm not disparaging the use of the term. It's just I think everybody listening can agree because I use it too because it's part of our vocabulary now. It's the way we I, it's the way we break down these movies, and that's fine. But I think everybody listening can agree that it's like we just hear that that term so much. The term care about the characters. This movie is overrated. The cinematography. What the fuck do any of us know about cinematography? <laughs> I mean, can we please be real for a second? I, I think what with people and look, it's not like we're not. It's not like we don't I know. Feel what like Christian is attacking me because no, because I, I use it too. <laughs> I do no, no, I do it too because it's part of our vocabulary, and I'm just trying to be aware of it more to say maybe I could try to take it easy with using these phrases. And it's not like we're not being real because we are. But we've adopted this into our vocabulary because it's part of the horror movie culture. Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm commenting on it. I'm not saying that people that use the terms are being necessarily fake or not expressing themselves truly. It's just we kind of get soundbite ish. We do. It, you know, we do. Uh, and I'm, I want to break, I try to be conscious of it because I want to break away from that. But part of that is the oversaturation of the market, too. You know, you, you see what other reviewers are saying. You, We all do. We just, we can't help but see it. So the fact that that lingo is being used everywhere, we automatically, whether we try to or not, gravitate toward it. And we don't even know that we're doing it. And then we're like, shit, I'm literally putting myself in the same box. Right. So, yeah. But this is what I wanted to say in terms of this comment, you know of what he was saying everybody taking shit too seriously and, and everybody's a critic blah, blah blah it's so interesting when i talk to my brother who likes horror movies but he's not a hardcore guy he can't tell he can't tell he knows who bill mosley is and he knows he doesn't know gunner hansen he doesn't know uh he doesn't know who played freddy krueger like he probably could think about it but 
my point is he's a quote unquote regular dude. He's got kids. He's got, he's a, he's a dentist. Now he's, he's living his life normally where he doesn't hyper-focus on horror like we do and, and, and micro-analyze everything. Cause we do. When he was talking to me about Christian, did you like the new Texas Chainsaw movie they were coming out? And I was like, I, I did, man. It was really fun and, and bloody and gory. And I think you'll like it. And he was like, yeah, man. Uh, it, and I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Texas Chainsaw 3D should be everybody's favorite movie. That's not what I'm saying. But I, my point is to hear a quote unquote normal person talk about Texas Chainsaw 3D is so bizarre when I'm so used to hearing horror fans break it down, the timeline issues were crap. All the characters know you couldn't really care about it. Like, you know, the stuff we always hear. And it's not that those people are wrong because they're expressing their opinion as horror fanatics. But to hear a regular person like Trey just say, as you really liked, I really like uh, 3d when like my, when, you know, Leatherface is kind of like, you know, down in that pit in that house. He's kind of like, like almost like this Gothic monster thing that comes out. That was cool. And, you know, I thought that one was fun. I like, uh, there's some funny moments in that, but that was a fun movie. Like to hear him just say, talk about the movie that simply. He doesn't know that the movie was supposed to take place in fucking 1991. You know, Trey, he's just, he's talking about the movie like somebody who's a casual fan. And it's just like, it was refreshing to hear, quite frankly. You know, it was just, it was so refreshing to hear somebody talk about a movie that normally horror fans would shit on rightfully so because this is our business is horror and we do micro analyze stuff because we love it and we know every aspect of it but to hear a normal person just say something like that dude it was so refreshing to hear i mean yeah. really it was yeah yeah so uh, the answer to the question is yes yeah we both feel that way <laughs> yeah. oh god uh well the cat drums asked top 10 horror soundtracks or scores that you've listened to 10 is a stout number let's go just three or four because we i don't want to have to edit this and us be like okay let me yeah. think for a minute uh I, I i can probably give you mine return of living dead easily and everything about it the francis haynes score and the punk rock music the cramps the damned all that great stuff um return of living dead part two is also in my dna i i love those films guys what can i say and honestly i am really high on the black roses soundtrack which was a mid 80s uh, heavy metal movie with some great stuff with musicians that i love from the 80s the uh, carmine apiece one of my favorite drummers did the drums in a lot of those tracks uh, uh lizzie borden had a song on the black roses soundtrack great 80s glam hair metal so that i'm high on the black roses soundtrack right now those are three that i'm i always i've been digging big time and the trick-or-treat soundtrack fast way is such a fucking awesome band and the, the Trick or Treat album is good. Those songs are all great, but man, I urge you guys to check out the rest of their catalog. Listen to the debut. It's the Checkerboard album from 84. It's the best blues rock, barroom rock album I've ever heard. So good. So there's just some that I'm all about. Yeah, I mean, coming... What comes to mind is it's difficult. I mean, I, I feel like I've always been partial to the Scream soundtracks. I think scream and it's very emblematic of the era too. I think like those just transport you back to the late nineties, early two thousands. So I like those soundtracks. Um, <clears throat> I actually quite like, um, I mean, I, I keep wanting to think of score. I'm going to say this is a soundtrack because it was created by an art disaster piece. It follows, although it's more of just like it's score. I love 
it follows the music and it follows is just fantastic agreed uh it's so good um i fucking love that movie so yeah, much it's so yeah it's so good so yeah i mean i'll just say that some of the ones that stand out the scream movies you know it follows uh believe it or not i actually like halloween fives soundtrack believe it or not you know that's my and, favorite cassette i own man yeah it's it's got a good soundtrack um you know romeo romeo dancing on midnight uh I, yeah Dancing on Midnight, man. Such a good track. Anything for money. Like, yeah. It's got a great, it's got a great soundtrack. So uh, let's see. Uh, Jason O'Neill, The Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween are a few examples of movies that changed the game when they, where they influenced movies that came after. What do you guys think is the last movie that horror fans would consider a game changer? Um, uh, hereditary. Maybe I think get out. I I would, I would probably go the Conjuring because I created a yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah, I fucking love that movie. That's I a good answer. Con- Let's just I go the Conjuring. Be- yeah, yeah. I think the Conjuring is the last game changer, and that it dictated the market in the in the theaters. I mean, it created its own universe. Um, Ali says, just a trivia question for you guys. Name the only time Michael Myers teleported in a Halloween movie. I don't fucking yeah, know. I saw that and I'm trying to think. I want to say. You're not a fan if you don't answer this. No, that's not because he doesn't actually teleport. <laughs> Halloween 4. It's Halloween 4 when Loomis is like, take me, but spare them. Like, God damn you, Michael. And he shoots him and Michael's gone. I want to oh, say yeah. it's Halloween 4. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 0070 says not for this podcast but I'm really trying to see a full movie collection video you just showing us all the movies on your media wall need that uh, 007 dude you Fuck, better take hours <laughs> oh my god oh this is for my brother Trey Jason is the most well traveled slasher of all time on that note do you think he enjoyed himself more in hell or in space space uh, easily space man oh yeah J- jason was not happy in ghost to hell at all i think jason no. was having a blast he was pissed he was pissed and goes to hell he was a fucking demon slug yeah and hell he was getting fucking simulations of naked counselors that he got to beat up against a tree yeah yep. yeah all right Norrin red i got one question if you and nick could team up and be in any horror film as characters which would it be and why as <sighs> I, I know what we would be in. What? Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> I was going to say Evil Dead. Well, it's kind I, of the same thing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's pretty similar. Yeah, I'll it'd say have to be a horror. It'd have to be a horror comedy. Yeah. We don't take ourselves too seriously, like, ever. So, yeah, it would have uh, to be. All right. If you were to have full creative control, this is from Devin uh, Warmoth. If you would have full creative control over making a horror film, whether it be an original remake, sequel, requel, or reboot, Jesus Christ, how many genres of film have that many? Anyway, what would you want to make? I've, I'm really catching on to the requel thing, man. I really, really am. I'd love to pay homage to the legacy, but also tread new territory. So I would probably say a requel. Well, I think that that but the question is is what would it be? Oh, to like a specific movie? 
Right. They were saying whether if you could have full creative control uh, of a movie, whether it be an original sequel, requel, Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I, oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that world. I would love to do a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I would. Uh, I would want to remake Jason Takes Manhattan and do it right. I've always oh, wanted to okay. do that. Okay. And I would love to actually have him take Manhattan. Yeah, I love the movie, but I, dude, the way it's described sounds so over the top. It would have been so cool. Yeah. I've recently found a way to see classic horror movies in a cinema. What films would you guys most like to have seen back in their theatrical run? Halloween, Poltergeist, um, The Exorcist. I think those are three that come to mind for me. Yeah, I mean, all those films would be great to see in theaters. Um, I would love to see... The Blair Witch Project in theaters oh, would have been cool. Fuck, yeah. Like, you, I would love to just watch people, yeah. you know, and see their reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, two questions. What, what is one of your... This is the last one we'll do on my page. What is one of your favorite non-horror films from a primarily horror director? Mm. Uh, I feel like my answer in a year is going to be The Munsters from Rob Zombie because I feel like he's going to knock that movie out of the park. Uh, But I don't know. I really don't know. Mine is actually John Carpenter. Nobody listens. I say that back. People listen to me. I tell people to check out uh, I even bought it for Lee like years ago. And that son of a bitch probably never watched. It. I'm not sending him shit ever again. Um, I'm kidding. Please don't nobody send him this and have him think I'm serious. I love Lee. Uh, no, I did send this to him. I'm sure he watched it. I, 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 uh, I, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sending it to him for him to review it or anything. I just love that movie. Actually, what happened was I bought it and screen factory sent me two. And I was like, I'm going to, cause I, you know, me and Lee are buddies and I sent it to him. No, but seriously, Memoirs of an inv- of an Invisible Man is one of my favorite Chevy Chase movies, and John Carpenter directed that. It's such a really cool special effects movie, and it's like a it's a, a action it's an action adventure drama, and Sam Neill is the villain, and it. it's really really good. I love it. And Lee, if you're listening, if you did check it out, maybe we you know we might have talked about this. I, it was years ago when I bought it for him. Maybe he's seen it. I don't know. But if you have Lee, let me know what you thought about it. Because I can't recall if we ever talked about memoirs of Invisible Man. I like Vampire in Brooklyn. Uh, the the uh, Eddie Eddie uh, what's his name? Uh, that Wes Craven movie. It's kind of like a comedy. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, that was. I like that movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll do that. Let me go to your channel now. Just scroll, pick a few that you like. Okay. I'm not sure if uh, if you two have ever done it. This is from Brian the Scarecrow. Uh, maybe a favorite, least favorite Stephen King adaptation. Uh, what is your favorite adaptation and least favorite adaptation? Um, the original Pet Cemetery is probably my favorite. Um, probably my least favorite. Is probably Tommy Knockers. 
Yeah, that's not a great one. My least favorite is his 90s television shining. It's just god awful. Oh, yeah, that does suck. That does suck bad. And my favorite is probably Children of the Corn. I'm such a Children of the Corn fan. Yeah, it's a good I'm one. I'm a big fan of Children of the Corn. <clears throat> uh, l- least talked about franchises is what I want to hear your thoughts on. Thanks, man. So maybe that could be an episode we can do down the road. But just right now, what is the... What is the, I mean the least talked about franchises has to be the Howling and Nick I'm sure you've never dove not many people dive down the Howling sequel run because they're oh I've seen all the way up to part four yeah, yeah. part yeah that's, that's the marsupials right that's part three the marsupials okay. is part three that there, yeah. there is like maybe eight of them uh, but the Howling is certainly one of them Leprechaun uh, is another one. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, in, in terms of the broad spectrum, definitely. Um, yeah. Leprechaun, uh, Puppet Master. I mean, it's Puppet got a big fan base. But Phantasm. A- Phantasm as well. I don't think people talk about that enough. Not enough. I'm a big Phantasm fan. I don't like the latest, the latest one. I could, I can enjoy the first four. I actually think that the first three are great slash uh, great slash good. Part two, I think, is the best one. I'm such a part two fan for Phantasm. Uh, I just didn't like the last one that came out. I think the ship kind of just had run its course by then, but what the hell do I know? Um, What else? Uh, What else is the least talked about franchise? I mean, Hatchet is kind of, you know, it's got its fans. Yeah. Um, You know that there is a zombie franchise. uh, I'm talking about the the Lucio movie you watched. There's zombie... It's te- that movie is technically Zombie Two because they called Dawn of the Dead Zombie over there. So when Lucio made his movie, they called it Zombie Two, and then they made Zombie Three, and then Zombie Four, and then they made Zombie Five, Killing Birds, and those are all. Uh, zombie Three is half-ass, all right. Zombie Four is bizarre. Zombie Five, Killing Birds is is basically a camera rolling and nothing happening for an hour and twenty. <laughs> um, that would have to be something we think about, man, and maybe do an episode on because that's that takes some thought. Hellraiser, I guess. I mean, people talk about it. They don't talk about the movie specifically. They just kind of joke about all the crazy sequels and yeah. you know, favorite practical effects scene in a horror movie. That's a great question. That's from Antonis Andr- and Andriatis. It's got to be pretty much anything from the thing. Honestly, Carpenter's the thing. I, I that that. When I think practical effects, that's what I think of. Yeah, I'm. I I don't want to have to because it's. I'm not saying your answer is not good. I'm just. I want to think of oh, something it's, it's, else because yeah, I love. Amazing. You know, I think about the scene in the Blob '88 when the cook in the kitchen is trying to help the waitress out because the sink is backed up and he's trying to figure out why it's clogged up and he starts shoving a plunger in there. Then he reaches his hand down in there. And the guy gets sucked through the drain because for, through the blob, and it is bizarre and creepy and gross. Yeah. And then the blob act also falls on the boyfriend in the beginning of the movie, who you think is going to be the star with Shawnee Smith. And the blob falls on top of him, and you see him reaching, trying to get out of the blob, and it's eating his skin. That is amazing. So there's the a blob had some great shit in that man. There's a recent one that comes to mind for me, and it's um. 
it's not as technical as I'm sure many others are, but I loved the practical effect in the newest scream when uh Wes gets stabbed in the neck. That I, 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 a... I got to rewatch it again. Cause I could have swore to God that was CG. No, nope, it, it was practical. They said, yeah. yeah, that was all practical. I'll believe. Yeah. I believe it. It's just nuts. You know? Yeah. It looks good. Uh, Ali said, got a question. We already had a dog named Meyer since I love Halloween so much, but his brother just passed and we are about to adopt a new dog. I want to name him Loomis or go all out and name him Dr. Loomis. What do you think? Dr. Loomis. Yeah, I agree. Considering like when I name my dogs, I give them the full name and then my last name. So it's Chevy Chase, Hannah, my, my Boston Terrier. And then Owen, I named him after the wrestler, Owen Hart, who passed away back in 99. And so it's Owen Hart, Hannah. So it's O-H-H. My dog's name is Carl, and his middle name is Dog. (laughs) Carl Dog. (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding. I call him Carl Dog. Uh, Just watched The Maniac Cops for the first time. Thoughts on that franchise? Have you seen The Maniac Cops, Nick? Yeah, it's been a long time. It was never one of my favorites, but it's not bad. Oh, I'm a diehard. I love... Two is... is, I'm one of those people that that thinks two is the best, but I love Maniac Cops. I would agree. Two is probably the best. It had, that's actually some movies that I probably could revisit. It's been a while. Uh, let's see. Sorry, guys. If you ask us to rank something, it's, you know. Uh, favorite secondary movie villains. Favorite movie sequel. Favorite movie sequels never made. Huh? Oh, it's Rudy asked that. Oh, it's Rudy. I'm kind of confused on the second part, but my favorite secondary movie villain is, uh, is, uh, you and that little bastard ears. <laughs> Bradford English. Bradford English. I fucking love him. And actually, Mikey from part five, too. But Halloween had some class. Oh, Bad News Cruise is my answer. Bad News Cruise. I'm, I'm going I'm going John Strode. Yeah, Halloween 6. Yeah. Uh, Ethan W., a remake of The Faculty, yes and no or nope. why? No, I, I don't think it needs to be remade. I think it's a movie that doesn't get talked about enough. I think it's just fine how it is. And I don't think it needs to be touched. Agreed. I would love to hear your thoughts on the upcoming horror movie, The Black Phone, that is from Podcast Cinephile. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. I think that Ethan Hawke looks like he's just chewing up the scenery in that movie. Yeah. I think it looks good. I think it's going to be another one of those Blumhouse sleeper hits that was probably really cheap to make that'll probably make damn near $100 million. Yeah, I think it looks good. I think it looks like there's something there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's do a few more. We're probably, damn, an hour oh, 30. Yeah. It's yeah. been fun. All I right, got let's... work in the morning, guys. Yeah, let's start wrapping it up. Um, Let's do three more. Okay. I like how somebody says, I don't know what to ask in here. <laughs> uh, We've talked about Halloween a bunch, so I'm going to exclude any Halloween questions. Yeah, Halloween sucks. Uh, Pete says, we never hear much about the Hatchet series or Chrome Skull series or See No Evil series. I can't comment on the Chrome Skull series, Pete. I've never seen those, but I'm a big Hatchet fan. I love Victor Crowley. Yep, uh, It's one of my favorite slasher series, quite frankly. I think Hatchet 2 is literally one of the best slasher films ever in terms of that schlocky fun and see no evil too man let me tell you daniel harris is lovely in that movie and kane is a monster see no evil 2 was done by the the saska the i believe it's the saska the saska sisters they're these pretty popular directors it's just sister duo and that movie is had no business being that good daniel harris is awesome in that so see no evil 2 pete 
is one of my favorites. Great question or great comment rather. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, all right, one more. Let's see. How about, all right. Is, I think it's Lewin or Ian Thomas. I, I, I'm, I don't have my glasses on. Luan Thomas. Luan. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's it. Which unrelated horror movies make a good double feature? Ooh. Unrelated. Halloween and Trick or Treat. Yeah. How about... How about... Huh. Let's go with Let's go with um God, I want to make this clever. I'm thinking. I'm looking around the room. How about Donnie Darko and I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> uh, screw it. I right, scratch that. Donnie Darko is a all by itself. How about uh, Psycho Two and <laughs> why can't I do this? Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Psycho Two and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, it's <laughs> my double feature. <laughs> Oh God! All right, Nick, and on that, yeah. yeah, we're gonna wrap it. Uh, so, guys, if all goes according to plan, next episode, this episode should drop. If you're listening to this the day it drops, it should be on Sunday. Uh, I know that the Texas Chainsaw episode is a highly anticipated episode. So when we film that a few days from now, I'll probably just drop it the next the next day for you guys because I know y'all be eager for that, and I'm eager to do it as well. A lot of controversy with Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Strike While the Iron is Hot. So, uh, Nick, this was fun, man. I don't know what the hell we talked about, quite frankly, for the first hour, but we're going to hear it back and hopefully hey, we didn't we, see nothing stupid. We talked about a lot of good shit. It was, it was, it was good. One of our longer episodes in a while, too. It's this free flowing like discussion. Yeah, yeah, I knew it would, it would, uh, go on and on. Conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. We love you. Thank you for listening to the You Need a Horror Podcast. You can find Nick at the Lost River Drive-In on YouTube. Lost River Drive-In. Yeah, Lost River Drive-In on On the gram. And the Lost River Lost River River 1 on Twitter. On Twitter. And just search Christian Hannah Horror on everything else. You should be able to find me. But if you're here, I assume you know where I'm at. All right, guys. Um, What was that, Nick? I was just going to say I'm about I'm actually about to uh rebrand the channel a little bit. We're going to give us uh we're we're getting a little rock rock music intro, new new intro music and video that is that is coming and uh yeah, excited. Well, fresh fresh coat of paint. It's always fun, yeah. man. You got to spice yeah. it up. Absolutely. Yep. But yeah, guys, uh thanks for the questions too. Thanks for taking the time to ask us these questions. We appreciate it. Yeah. And I, by the way, this last thing I'll mention, me and Nick were actually Nick was discussing this with me. I think we're going to start offering not asking for money but we're gonna mm-hmm. offer uh we, we talked about doing a a special horror uh you need a pa- patreon 
And I think one of the tiers we can do, along with being able to see the show while we record it, is give people a tier to where they can send in a video question to us, 30 seconds or less, introduce themselves, and they can actually ask a question that we'll have to answer, and they can be on the video and stuff. I think that would be cool, but we're, we're working on that. So that's all the work in progress. We're going to get the details ironed out on that. Then we'll start rolling out that and offering it to you guys because we would never ask you for money, but we will provide you with uh, the ability to be more yes. involved. So yes, yes. So there it is. All right, guys, we love you. Thank you for listening to the, you need a horror podcast. We'll see you next time.